Ari the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, well, <laughs> we all made it. Every made every it. one of us. It feels like <laughs> one of those weeks. It feels like one of those weeks where um, you kind of, you know, it feels like it was longer than it is, but we got here fast. I don't know how you can have both of those at the same time. Um, but, man, um, hey, look. <laughs> hey, look. All of hey, us, right? Look. Are we happy? Kind of, you know, find a little bit of, like, yeah, man, Friday. Okay. Yeah. We've, yeah. we've made it through. Yes. Um Praise God. People like speak for yourself, Mika. It's still rough out here. I know, but what I'm saying is I don't have to talk about it all weekend until Monday if I don't want. Has this That's been a I'm long saying. week or to you? Like or is it it's going by been, fast? But but here's the thing. It's weird though, Will the Great, because it's been a long week that's flown by. Mm. Like here we are. I go, whoa, it's already Friday. And but but at the same time, I'm like, Boy, I'm exhausted. Like, you know, I'm I'm like, what 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 is it that what have we put in mm. this week? You know what I mean? And and I don't I don't know. Now I will I will tell our listeners just again, you know, from time to time we pull about the curtains. Um, we're still in school. So our weeks every our days are still the same. You know what I mean? So we're still everything, even with the intensity of everything that's going on, um, there's no there's, you know, yeah. We everything's still going on is what I'm saying. So that might have something to do with it. Um, I do. I will say this. I like the look on the kids faces that they understand what it is to earn that weekend. You know what I mean? <laughs> that feeling of like, oh, wow. Yay. We're here. You know, they yeah, get up was, to an alarm every day. It was funny yesterday. Uh, <laughs> JD was like, oh, I like the garbage man. When the garbage man kind of means it's the end of the week. That's a shame. <laughs> that's a shame. He's like, oh, whoa, it's already the end of the week. That's, that's, <laughs> He's like happy. Oh, okay. We're getting close. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I will say this. I will say they earn it. They earn it. They yeah. are responsible. They have to be responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, they have rules and, and we have expectations. So they have an alarm that that goes off and, and they have alarms that go off at varying times because they all require different things to get up in the morning. Yes. Some require a little bit longer. They have certain things that have to be done mm-hmm. before they meet us at the table in the morning. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, for Bible study and discussion. Mm-hmm. They, there are things that have to be done. <laughs> and so based on personality, you know, each of them can kind of, you know, maneuver that a little bit, you know, based on how they're able to get in and out. Some people right. need to get up earlier because they drag for 15 minutes. So really right. it's not that right. you're, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. I shouldn't enjoy it so much as a parent. That's bad. But, <laughs> but then the other, you know, can, can, can just you know, I, can, I try not to identify them too much so they're not embarrassed out in public. <laughs> but then you've got others, let me say it that way, who can, you know, allow for just 10 minutes to mm-hmm. do what needs to be done and then, you know, come come to the table. Although I will tell you, man, I before we <laughs> before the principal helped lay down the law, let me just say, uh, we'd have those moments where, you know, somebody comes to the table. All right, parents, you all, you, you with me here, parents. 
somebody comes to the table and then starts to enter the discussion, you're like, who didn't brush their teeth? <laughs> who in the world? Who is that? You Let me tell you, I don't care what's going on in life. You always have time to grab that toothbrush. Right. You all, I don't care. <laughs> you better take what you get if you're late, but you do not transgress this table by coming here in the morning. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. I, I come in here in the morning smelling like you're still asleep. No, sir. Or ma'am. <laughs> oh, or who, oh, sorry. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well. <laughs> Lord, please don't take my kids away, people. Um, all right. Welcome to your Friday. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Sherry B is over in Studio CC. As I promised, I'm going to start off. I'm just going to open the phone lines up. Uh-oh. Because I want to give ample time. Or if you want, you could say apple time. I'm going <laughs> to give... Time. <laughs> That's what you say before you realize it's ample. Okay. I'm go- okay. <laughs> Come on. Just like Pacific. <laughs> I, see, yeah. I, I never say those things, though. Well, let me say it's what one says. Look, in New Orleans, <laughs> we say what we I want. I say other things, but not, you know, not In New Orleans, two. people say what we want. Like I say this. That's, isn't it true? This. Ask. You say this. Ask. You say X. No, I say ask. I say it right. Anyway. After a few years of marriage. <laughs> you're right. After a, few, <laughs> after a few years of marriage, I say, yeah, you're right. Oh, goodness. I used to say I, like it's okay. Axe, I knew what I was like I was Like a tool that you use to, break, to cut wood. But, People knew what you meant. But look, um, I yeah. wanted to say mm-hmm. that we have something that's happening uh, here at AFA, the Very Men good. of Honor. Men of Honor. The mission of Men of Honor is to teach fatherless boys ages 7 to 17 to be godly young men. They will be taught the scriptures as well as life skills, such as how to change a flat tire, fill out a job resume, be a gentleman, becoming a, a craftsman, and much, mm-hmm. much more. Uh, you can go to afa.net uh, slash men of honor. Mm-hmm. afa.net. You can find it there. Uh, it will be every Thursday starting June 11th through July 30th, 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m the location is at hope church so go to, go to the uh, go to afa.net uh slash men of honor and if you know someone uh have a, a son that would be good for this program you know mm-hmm. you can enroll him especially it's perfect if you're in our local listening area um i guess 30 40 mile radius it might be yes. something that you definitely want to look into and um because your son or the young man in your life entrusted to your care will benefit. I have no question about it, will benefit mm-hmm. uh, for being a part of this. And so I encourage you, as Will has just suggested, that you go to the website, afa.net. You'll yes. find the link for Men of Honor. Click on that and um, learn more information and then decide whether or not you're going to enroll the young man, the little, as we call ours, the little the little man child in <laughs> your life. <laughs> yes. Did you give the number? Uh, you did. Huh? Oh, no, I didn't. I should oh. give the number, 888 888- Five eight nine eight eight four zero, eight 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 five eight nine eight eight four zero. I'm taking a risk. Go and, ahead. What were you going to say? The reason I was asking because um, people are calling, but I just didn't remember you giving the number. Oh, so I'm was, ready. So I think people are ready too. They're like, good, uh, good. <laughs> they're like, I'm we counting have, on we that. We have questions. We, we I'm we counting on talk that. to y'all about this. I've got I've got a couple of stories here, and you know it's Friday, so I, I I came into this I came into this with okay this is listener commentary this is what we're doing we're 
We, I want to get feedback on everything we've talked about this week, and so I'm going to do a quick recap as the calls get queued up. But, um, you know, you people sometimes let me down. You're like, well, I don't have anything to say about that. Or that's all I have to say about that. And so then I, you know, I'm like, oh, I didn't bring anything else to talk about. But I have a couple stories that I, I, I would like to reserve because, you know, because I want to hear from you. Yeah. So let me do this real quick. Call, uh, phone lines are queued up and we're going to go there uh, straight away. Just to recap for other people listening who, like myself, can barely remember what we talked about yesterday. All right. But so I want to go back to Monday. So just a reminder, uh, Monday's discussion was about guilt and how our culture is seeking to abuse this emotion. Remember that That was a big discussion about guilt on Tuesday. We were asking the question, can we fight injustice apart from Christ? We use the backdrop. Yes. You see why we're tired. Use the backdrop (laughs) of the Bidi and Abuile series of tweets where he advocates giving blackness preeminence over the cross for survival. Yes. Man, I don't want to go back. Don't take us back too far, people. <laughs> and then on Wednesday, we talked about how the church has always taken the lead in culture. Our mm, guest was uh, Michael Austin, Christian of, of Christian History Institute, the publisher of Church History Magazine. And we looked at, among other things, health care and hospitals and the mission of the church. And then yesterday, um, we talked about training yourself for godliness. Ooh, but one. how? How yes. do you do that? Uh, resisting the culture in defense of the gospel. And so if you were listening at all this week and you heard some things and you said, man, when I get out of the gate to talk to Mika, here's what I want to <laughs> say. Um, we're ready for you. 888-589-8840. Will the Great. Where do we go first? All right. Let's go to Shirley in Tennessee. Hi, Shirley. Hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. I just want to say, God said, be ye angry and sin not. All mm. these people who are out there looting and doing the evil they're doing, they're actually sending themselves to a fiery grave because mm. what they're doing right now is um, they're sinning. They're stealing. They're killing people. They're hurting. Someone killed a dog, as I understand, when I saw on one of the videos. So mm-hmm. I want to know, is it possible, since Esper is derelict in his duty and does not want to uh, send the military police out to kick him out of office, and I uh, and and or at least override him if President Trump can do that. And secondly, real quick, I want to ask, what would it look like in these streets if everybody who really does claim to be a real Christian went down there those nights on those marches and stood and offered people Christ and talked to them about the Lord? And I'm talking about hit the whole crowd, thousands of Christians from the thousands of churches that are in each of these states and in these cities, band together and stand down these people and tell them, look, you all need to be saved because you don't realize you're sending yourself to a fiery grave with your thieving and looting and stealing, and you think you're doing something funny. You're getting TVs Mm. and throwing rocks at things, but you're actually offending God. Wow, that's a yeah, that's a Two you covered questions. a lot of ground in that. Those are those are really great questions, Shirley. I, I just want to say this. Let me let me maybe start with where my mind goes first. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as far as uh, encouraging people to go down during or at the height of these protests, I I personally now this is just my opinion. You said, what do you guys think about this? I wouldn't recommend that. And I'll tell you why, because I think that law enforcement is having a hard enough time as it is trying to discern who are the people that are out there that are peacefully protesting yeah. and who are the people who are wreaking havoc. And and by the way, 
Let me say something. I think that what we see in the way of the people who are looting stores, you know, stealing cheesecakes and all. <laughs> Crazy. Right? Because what better... <laughs> oh, man. What, but- what better way to honor somebody's, you know, memory than to go grab yourself a full-size cheesecake? Some right? Jordan, that's, some Jordans. That's, some, and some Jordans, some Louis yeah. Vuittons, you know? Yeah. Um, let me say, I would, not, I would not even dignify what is happening with that by calling it any type of anger of sorts. I think those people are opportunists. I wouldn't say that their anger would be consistent with any type of protest that you would say, be angry and sin not, because I think it would fall on deaf ears. I don't think this is, those are the type of people who benefit from that type of admonition, because Mm. that's not what they want to hear, nor is it what they care about. Um, I will say this. I think that the president is in in a way between a rock and a hard place. I think he's well within his right um, to for lack of a better term, unleash the National Guard to bring order back to these cities because right now you have a violation, a violation of people's constitutional rights. They're they're in 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 taking part in well, I say taking part, they have no choice of you know, lockdowns where lawful, law abiding citizens are being forced to go into their homes for their own safety while cities are locked down so that criminals can have fun. <laughs> so that criminals can go out and break into Wells Fargo banks. Like, I mean, this this is absolutely insane. But I will tell you, I think, and just as I observe, right, I think that there, there has to be some calculation on the part of President Trump and his administration because what our culture, the, the bloodthirsty culture that we exist in the midst of right now is hoping, they're hoping that there will be um, a military attack on these protesters so that all of a sudden, it's the blood of innocence on the mm, hand of the president. Yeah. And I think the president has to be very careful. He has to be very wise yeah. as we um, have been and will continue to do. We need to be praying for Amen. our president. Amen. We need to be praying for our president. I have a story here in front of me. I'm not going to get into it because I'm going to go back to the phone lines here. But whenever you have witches who join in. Come on. <laughs> and if you find yourself on the side of the witches. Yeah, giveaway. Man, as we say in New Orleans, that's a problem, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem. If you're on the side of the witches, and even now, the witches are involved in the protests. <laughs> the witches are calling for the witches to join in on the protest, but they're calling for a, a spiritual join in. <laughs> so for all the Christians, which might be another problem in having them show up, because there's some Christians who agree with what's going on, believe it or not. So for the Christians who support this and are on the side of the witches, that's a huge problem. Grabbing the break real quick. We'll come back and go straight back to the phone lines. Aaron the Addison's The Friday Edition. Stay close. Uh, Excel, we declare war on this one right here. Yeah. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. It's the Friday edition. We call it our gumbo show. Everything kind of goes into the pot, including yeah. your commentary. So we are recapping the week's shows and getting some commentary from you because there was not nearly enough time at the end of some of these shows to hear <laughs> your response to what we were talking about. And so we want to remedy that by opening the phone lines way up. 888 589-8840-888-589-8840. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's the truth with DOS. Nice. Sherry B is over in Studio CC and the phone lines are queued up and ready to go. Ready Will to go. 
All right, let's go to Larry in Illinois. Hi, Larry. How y'all doing? Doing good. Hello. All right. Well, hey, uh, I just wanted to call and express my gratitude to you folks for being transparent uh, and just, hey, I love your program. I'm a first-time caller. Thank um, you. My wife and I raised uh, two sons while I was in the military, hmm. um, and we have four grandkids now. And I just love the fact that you're open and honest, and you're, you're pointing the way. Uh, mm-hmm. Can I share a scripture with you all? Yeah. Absolutely. I was reading this morning on uh, Proverbs twenty two twenty four says, I, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it in front of me, uh, don't follow after an angry man, and uh, don't keep company with a, uh, someone with a furious crowd. Mm. Um, a lot of Christians need to go back and read that. Yeah, no, that's really good. And and can I also say, Larry, thank you so much for serving yeah, our country. Thank you, Larry. We appreciate you. We appreciate your sacrifice and not only your sacrifice, but the sacrifice of your family. Because mm-hmm. what we don't understand is that when we have people who serve in the military, yes, they sacrifice, but their family sacrifice. Same for law enforcement. Yep. Same for yep. law enforcement. It is not only the law enforcement officer who sacrifices, but it's also that officer's family and Boy, I, I wish I wish that we could understand that and we could keep that in the forefront of our minds. But thank you so much for calling, Larry. We appreciate you and your encouragement and that scripture. Uh, thank you so much. Where do we go next, Will the Great? All right, let's go to Jason in Texas. Hi, Jason. Well, hello. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Hello. Man, I just love you guys. I'm from New Orleans originally, and you and Hamilton, <laughs> it's like kindred spirit. I just feel like I'm part of y'all's family. Awesome. You are. You don't even know. I, I get to hear you guys, and I feel like I'm back home. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> but, uh, Very good. Yeah, and my wife, she read your one of your articles about um, the uh, Black Lives Matter movement, and she's even shared that and, made, and, and found out that Christians out there, friends on her Facebook, have read it and are okay with it and still are like champion mm. the cause. And I lament over it. I my heart breaks over it. Jesus he died for so much more. Come on. And you know, we're supposed to love each like the the first letter to Laodicea was you lost your first love. Mm. And what is the church doing out there? Like walk in anything outside of love is illegal in the kingdom of God. We we have to walk with Jesus, walk with love, and go to uh, – what Jesus took no unforgiveness to eternity. Though, right before he gave up his spirit, he says, I forgive them for they know not what they do. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're Amen. Right. Jason, thank you so much for calling in, and thank you for your comments. I will tell you this. Now, I'm not going to go into it unless unless Will the Great – what, what, Which is what? the issue, okay? What? But we have some things going on in our country that are really precursors to where um, demonic forces ultimately want to go. Let mm. me tell you something. The big narrative, and we kind of touched on this, and then we kind of picked up again, and I'll, I'll just touch on it just real quick here. But the thing that is happening right now where you have collective apologies for mm. things that you cannot control. Do you understand yeah. what I'm saying? You have collective apologies just because of the color of your skin. That's not the end. I want you to understand that that leads the way to what I, I'm, I'm telling you now. Ultimately, the aim will be for there to be public collective apologies for Christianity and what we believe about what the Bible says on issues. Mm. I just want you to get ready. And you say, well, no, Mickey, that, that could never happen. No, but listen, please understand that the civil rights movement 
has already been hijacked by the sexual deviancy movement. Already done. It's already done. And so it's already been proven that that's an effective vehicle to hijack. <laughs> it's already been proven. Wow. So when you can get people collectively and publicly apologizing for mm -hmm. the color of their skin as we see this happening. All right. And really feeling it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, they're 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 going all in apologizing for, for, who, for, yeah. for who they are. OK, so what's not long behind this is going to be collective public apologies for Christianity, for biblical Christianity. Just watch. That's that's where it goes next. Right. And the pressure will be on for that. All right. Uh, will the Great, where do we go next? Mm. All right. Let's go to Shelly in Texas. Hi, Shelly. Hi. Hello. Um, Hello. Gosh, there's so much I love about you guys. Um, I love, Mickey that you call Will, Will the Great. I love that you're homeschooling parents. But I think what I love most of all about you guys is that you lift up the Word of God mm. as Amen. the standard. Amen. And you hold people who say that they love the Lord accountable to that standard. Amen. And Man, glory to God. I so appreciate that. Um, that's what the world needs is mm. not Jesus loves you, but Jesus loved you so much that he gave everything for you mm. so that you could give everything for him. Amen. Um, Amen. That's right. So, <laughs> well, thank thank you. you for doing what you do. Thank you. Oh, thank God you, bless Shelley. you, Shelley. Thank you so Appreciate much for that. your encouragement. I, I would humbly and sincerely ask that um, Shelley, you and, and everybody else listening Please keep praying for us because I, I want you to understand that we recognize that the battle we are in is not a battle against flesh and blood. It's mm -hmm. not a battle against flesh and blood. This is really a spiritual battle that we're in. And so every time we drive and run into these dark forces, we're not doing that in our own strength and in our own savvy. You know, like I, you know, I say we're not trying to be cute. We're not trying to be, you know, intellectually supreme or any of these things. We are trying to fall on the mercy of God. Amen. And we are trying to undergird every defense that we give in culture with the word of God. Amen. Right. We are, we're trying to use the word of God as we run into the fray. It's not about our opinion or how we feel at the moment, but it is about, man, for the glory of God, properly executing and rightly dividing his truth that he's entrusted to us. So Amen. pray for us. And, and I, I ask yes. you that first and foremost, yes. please pray for us because there are moments <laughs> where we actually feel the real effects of the spiritual attack that we're in, yeah. if I can just say that. And yeah. so we need your prayer. Now, look, by God's grace, we have no plans to stop. Yeah. By God's, by God's grace, you know, and so you pray for us, pray for us that we'll be strengthened to continue standing and speaking the truth and, in, and standing in agreement with God. Will the Great, where do we go next? Let's go to William in Oklahoma. Hi, William. Yeah, thank you for taking my call. Mm -hmm. um, I just wondered there was something, do, do you, if anyone remembers Charles Manson, mm -hmm. when they were trying to find out a motive for his killing of the Tates. And he said he wanted to make a a, a, a race war by blaming mm. it on the blacks, and mm -hmm. the blacks would be too stupid to do anything, so a white person like him would take over. Mm. Mm. No, I don't. I don't remember that. I've heard that before. Well, that was Charles Manson. You know, he killed the Tates, and they wanted yeah. what was the motive. Then they found out that was the motive that mm -hmm. he wanted to start a race war. Mm -hmm. But uh, I remember Martin Luther King, you know, protesting, but. I remember when, you know, whites, the Klan would go into black neighborhoods and burn business, things like that. Mm. And then they would leave the black neighborhoods in shambles. But 
why are we protesting now going to our own neighborhoods, hmm. doing the same thing that yeah. the KKK used to do to our neighborhoods, and we call it protesting. Hmm. You're, you're right about yeah, it. Yeah, you know, that's that's interesting. And, and there's a there's there's an interesting um, <laughs> there's <laughs> let me let me say this, because what we wouldn't also advocate for is that, OK, now you go to somebody else's neighborhood no, and burn it down. Want, right. Like, nah, and I don't nah. and I don't think that's what William is he's saying. He's making that point. That He's we're showing doing how. Yeah. Yeah. The idiocy what, of what is happening. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, he's no, right I, about and that. I agree. I agree. Totally. But you know, to, it's interesting. I didn't remember that as the, the motive. Behind I heard that what Manson about did. Manson. Okay. And, but the thing is about that is that same spirit is at Dylan work. Dylan Roof. Is that Dylan same? Roof said the same. Yeah. You see that? Yeah. Like it's yeah. because it's a heart issue. It's the sinfulness of man's heart. That's right. You know, so that that same type of thread is woven in a bunch of these different mindsets, you know, because Mm -hmm. the sinful heart of man. And that's what we have to deal with. That's right. That's forever what we're contending with. That's what and and it's all of its various manifestations that we're that's what we're contending with. And you made this point recently here. I want to say this week uh, was the same goal of I know I think it was in the video. I think it was in the video that you shared on Facebook, but was the same motive and same goal of Dylan Roof that he wanted to start a race riot. Yes. Um, but you have the people of God mm-hmm. stand mm-hmm. <laughs> and actually they serve as they, they serve as a wall for mm-hmm. their community. Right. And so you no see <laughs> you see great effectiveness coming from the people of God mm-hmm. when we stand on the word of God and don't yes. give in to sensual temptations. Yes. Yes. Right. Al Sharpton's like, and I'm coming down there. And they're like, no, you're not. And the not. people of God in Charleston are like, no, you're not. <laughs> we got <laughs> this. Like, Fresh fruits and vegetables, get out of here. Right. Anyways, I'm sorry. That's a little bit indulgent. All right. Do we, do, where do we go next? All right. Let's go to Mike in uh, West Virginia. Hi, Mike. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Okay. Hi. Uh, Hi. Um, I think it would help matters a lot. If we could just get everybody to start singing, red and yellow, black and white, they're all precious in his sights. We used to sing that growing up. That or I'd like to buy the world Coke. Either one of those, Mike. You think? I mean, I'm not trying to undermine what Mike is saying. But I I do think that there is a case to be made for what we and the body of Christ know about ethnicity and right. about culture. Right. And we have to understand, like I, you know, I, I wrote a, a while back, I wrote a devotional and I want people to understand that, you know, one of the things that we ought not to say to people, you know, in this whole discussion about color and ethnicity is that we don't see color. And I, I understand the intent here. I understand what we are attempting to say, which is that we are not making a judgment call based on that person's color. But I admonish people. I encourage people See color. This mm-hmm. is the beauty of God. Like, you know, you're going to walk through the botanical gardens and, and say, well, they're all just flowers to me. I don't see color. Right. <laughs> like that would be weird. You know what I mean? Like that would that exactly. would actually be weird if you did that. Like you you don't need to do that. That to me is an overextension of yourself. It's, right. it's just you're we say you're just being extra. You're just trying too hard. Right. You do see color, but you're not making a judgment call based about on, people based on their color. That's right. Because color is an amazing thing. Like, mm-hmm. look at how, <laughs> look at how God. We were talking to the kids yesterday about their fingerprints, and talking about how no two people who have ever lived or will live will have the same fingerprint pattern. Mm-hmm. And you think about the mind of God that 
he doesn't run out of ideas for fingerprint patterns. <laughs> I mean, you just think about that. Amazing. Right? And so then you have the beauty of our shades of skin. This is something that is wonderful. You know, and I'm, I'm, I'm not advocating that everybody operate like me. But I, I, I remember Will and I being at a conference. We were down in Florida. And there was this girl who walked by. And, and she said, she, she was commenting on my curly hair. And it was interesting because right at that moment, I noticed that she had this beautiful, like, olivey shade to her skin. And so I commented on it. I just <laughs> said, man, your your skin color is beautiful. The, the, the olive color in it. And you could tell for a moment she was kind of like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, it's only weird if you make it. Yeah. Right? Like, we let's not pretend that God has made some mistake. Because what does the Apostle John tell us in the book of the Revelation that when he looks out and he sees all of these people gathered around the throne, he is able to recognize them as having come from every tribe and every nation Mm. and every tongue. How does he know that? Because different colors of skin is not sin. Come on. Therefore, there's no need for it to be eradicated in eternity. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. 888-589-8840. Where do we go? All right, let's go to Jerry in Tennessee. Hi, Jerry. Hello, Will and Mickey. Hey. How are you guys? <laughs> good, good. Is this our hey, cousin, so Jerry? Je- yes. Uh, well, I'll explain that. So I'm so jealous when new, when first-time callers call in, so I'd like to say I'm a first-time caller. By first-time <laughs> yeah, that's caller, not true. I mean, this is my first time after my first hundred times. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hey, so last night, Mickey, I was praying, and um, God just brought to mind, you had read out of First Peter, and I just got the feeling I needed to pick up my Bible and started reading hmm. in First Peter, and it is just a bomb drop after bomb drop after over what's going on right now. Wow. Um, it's a book about suffering. Anyway, it was such a blessing. I'm so thankful that you were reading from that. But what That's I wanted nice. to share with you today, I, professionally, I work as an engineer. And we're kind of problem solvers, right? Mm-hmm. So when, you, when you've got a problem, you want to go in there and look very rationally, logically, and critically and list out all the potential problem, you know, the potential root causes for the problem and figure out what's the most important one, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's frustrating. You mentioned earlier this week being frustrated. I'm not frustrated at being considered a racist. I'm frustrated at seeing the horrible critical thinking that goes on. So my, my daughter asked me some, because she's asked several questions about this this week. She's 15. And as we would talk, uh, my wife would say something, and then I would kind of counter that. And my, my daughter looked at me, and she said, Dad, you don't seem very compassionate to these people who are hurting so much. Hmm. And that was like a punch to the stomach. Hmm. And she was so right. My frustration and how poorly our thinking is about this and how ungodly and unbiblical it is was impacting my ability to be compassionate and caring and loving. Mm. So I just wanted, as a, as a warning to all of us, you, you guys, I think, do a much better job than I do. But, man, I, I think we've got the right things to say, but I think it's Ephesians 5, maybe. We've got to speak the truth in love. And those were hard words to hear from my very wise, uh, apparently much wiser daughter than I am. So that's all I wanted to share with you. Oh, Jerry, Jerry. that's that's so good. Go ahead, Will the Great. You jump in on that. I just want to say thank you, Jerry. That's that's wise. No, that absolutely is because I just as I was suggesting yesterday, we find ourselves in a situation where no, we didn't hate people, Mm -hmm. but now after repeatedly being accused of hating people, we find that to be true and so we want to guard against that also Mm -hmm. guard against having us robbed of our compassion
That's great. Thank you so much, Jerry. We appreciate it. We'll grab the break. Aaron the Addisons. It's the Friday edition. We'll go right back to your phone calls after this. I won't complain because I know that he's working it out for my good, so I trust him on certain. There's not a problem, I face too big for the Lord. My kids, I just cast them in gear to the Lord. So I won't complain. There's a, a picture I saw recently, like in the last couple of weeks, of this um, this model who mm-hmm. is on record. She has the darkest skin in the world, I want to say. Did wow. we talk about that? Did, did I show you that? Uh, there's no. A, there's a woman. Um, Wow, I don't even remember where I saw that, but it was just am- amazing to see. Like, mm. I mean, just beautiful, dark skin, the darkest skin mm-hmm. I've ever seen. And you think about all the shades from the darkest to the lightest that God has created. And as Ken Ham would say, all shades of brown, mm. all shades of brown from the darkest to the lightest. Man, if we if we could understand this, if we could have a biblical worldview, yeah. we would begin to change things right where we are. Welcome Amen. back to Aaron the Addison's. On uh, American Family Radio, I'm Miki. And I'm Will. That's P. Lo Jetson with I Won't Complain. Very nice. Sherry B's over in studio. CC to the phone lines we go. Will the Great. Okay, let's go to Sam in Louisiana. Hi, Sam. Hey. 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 All right. <laughs> hey, look. Um, I'm a Vietnam veteran. Mm-hmm. I have Thank uh, you. three children, two girls, and uh, a boy. I got four grandsons. Mm. And... Uh, I love my Lord Jesus Christ. He's my Savior. He saved mm-hmm. me at the age of 27. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm 74. Mm-hmm. And I, I love him. And I, I use his word daily. Amen. I, his word is a guide. Yes. And I try to teach my children to uh, treat others as you would have to be treated. Yes. Mm-hmm. And also be, you know, careful about what you say. Stop and think. Mm-hmm. You know, before you speak. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you do speak, and you speak what you feel is true, mm-hmm. then you need to stand by that. Mm. You need to stand by that. <laughs> I agree. You better talk you know to your boy. Saying? Sam, you <laughs> better talk to your you boy down there in Louisiana. Fire yesterday, you lit a fire on me, something awful. <laughs> <laughs> I went to, to uh, you remind me of my two daughters. <laughs> I went to uh, Revelations here, mm-hmm. and if you don't mind, I'd like to read a couple of verses. Okay, sure. Go ahead. Do you have your Go. and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write these things, saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, mm-hmm. that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would. Thou were cold or hot, so then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew or spit thee out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. That's Amen. the word. That's Amen. the word. God bless thank you, you Sam. Sam. And again, thank you so much for your service. Hey, Sam, I will Sam was hitting on some stuff, though. Sam better talk. <laughs> Talk, Sam's in Louisiana, yeah, right? Yeah, you need to go take a, a trip down. I don't know if he's in New Orleans or where, but Drew Brees is down there, you know. Sam, doing, doing you know, th- that thing you were saying about if you're going to say something, you know, you better stay, stand, <laughs> stand by behind it. it. Hey. Stand by what you say. Um, there's a lesson in that that I think <laughs> our brother Drew needs. Yeah. And if people are keeping up with headlines, you know exactly what we're talking about. All right. Exactly. We appreciate you, Sam. God mm-hmm. bless you. Where do we go next, Will the Great? All right. Let's go to Angela in Mississippi. Hi, Angela. 
Hello. Angela. Oh man. Angela, we're having a hard time hearing you. There's there's a little there's a little bit it, it almost sounds like there's somebody running across your phone. That's what it sounds like. Sounds like somebody's got on some wind pants and they're running across your phone. <laughs> I hear it. Can you hear me now? Yes. That's better. Okay, yes, I, I love you guys so much. And, Mickey, I just wanted to say I agree with you guys. Um, you said earlier that uh, some of these people, everybody out there is not for George Floyd. You got mm-hmm. opportunities. And, mm-hmm. you know, I used to teach criminal justice, and an opportunist is a very dangerous person. Mm-hmm. But as a, uh, I want to say people are upset, and I get it. However, can you hear me? Yeah. Man, Angela, it's... it's, it's at some points it's good, mm-hmm. and then at other points it's not. So it, we can hear you oh, until we yeah. can't. Can, can you hear me now? Oh, we might Man, have to Angela, get. You I'm might sorry, have to call I'm going to have to have you call us back. I apologize for that. It's just you know when people want to hear the points that you're making and they can't. It sometimes can be yeah. can be frustrating. In the meantime, where do we go next, Will the Great? Okay, we can go to Robert in Alabama. Hi, Robert. Hey, hey guys. I just had four things I just wanted to say about police brutality. Okay. Remember okay. remember how Jesus, when uh, Jesus spoke to the scribes and the Pharisees, he said, you're placing burdens upon people that make it, that are too grievous for them to bear. Mm-hmm. Mm. The second one is, remember when Jesus was taken captive, and he's again before the scribes and the Pharisees, and he says, Jesus gets hit. And when he gets hit, he turns to the guy, and he says this. He says, if I have spoken evil, bear witness of the evil. But if well, why smitest thou me? Mm-hmm. When that guy hit Jesus, that was police brutality. And Jesus spoke out against it. He didn't keep quiet. Mm-hmm. The Apostle Paul, remember when he's uh, preaching, he gets taken captive, mm-hmm. and they beat him, and they let him go. And the Apostle Paul said, wait, you remember you beat me without a trial? And they said, well, are you a free man? He said, I was born free. So, And then you got John the Baptist. Remember when he's preaching, uh, two soldiers come up to him, and they say, what must we do to be saved? Those soldiers were probably spies. The soldiers say, he said to the soldiers, take no more than is appointed of you and do injustice to no man. So you've got people persecuting the men of God Mm -hmm. all through the Bible. And they speak out and they speak out against it. Mm -hmm. So So how much are people supposed to bear? I mean, my God. Okay, Robert, let me say something. You made, you've made some great points. Yeah. Let, me, let me say something, and, and let me bring just a little more accuracy to the description with Paul. Paul was actually not beaten by the Romans. As he was stretched out to be beaten, he asked a question that he full well knew the answer to. He said, is it lawful for you to beat a Roman citizen uncondemned? And they responded, what? Wait, are you a Roman citizen? He responds, yes. And they're like, how did you become a Roman citizen? He says, uh, the, the guard says, I purchased the citizenship. Paul says, I was born a Roman. Mm -hmm. You are absolutely right in every instance that you lay out. Let me tell you something. 
And I don't know if this is where you're going, Robert, because what I am not saying is that we don't speak out against injustice. Right. What I'm telling you and what I've been saying all this week is that our culture is redefining injustice. So here, here is my thing. Let me say this. You can speak out against po- police brutality when you speak out, not you, Robert, yourself, but one can, okay? One can freely speak out against police brutality when one speaks out against police brutality when it is perpetrated on white people too. That's mm. what I'm, I'm saying. If it's wrong, it's got to be wrong across the board. If a person's civil rights are violated, if a person's constitutional rights are violated, what I would say is we must all have an opinion about that. It's not just being told that your outrage should only be provoked when it's a white officer and a black victim. Does that make sense, Robert? And I, I want to let you jump back in on this. Okay. Okay. This is what's happening in the African-American community. Too many of us have been harassed by the police. Too many of us end up dead. Uh, we, we're in our homes. We get shot dead. They make excuses, and these policemen get off. It happens too often. I've been, look, I'm a brother in the church. I've done missionary work in the, in the Middle East, in Saudi Arabia, at the cost of my life. And then I'm back here in the U.S. I work in health care. I'm working from 8 till 11 at night. I get pulled over by the cops at 11 at night, mm-hmm. right outside the hospital. And he says, have you been drinking? I looked at him and I said, have I been drinking? He said, yeah. I said, what do you mean? Why are you asking me that? He said, well, you were driving erratically. I said, what does that mean? He said, you were waving. I said, really? He said, yeah. Then he said, have you been drinking? I looked at him, and at that time, God showed up. I looked at him and said, they don't let people work in the emergency room under the influence of alcohol. He said, what emergency room? I said, that one. I just pulled out of the parking lot. Mm -hmm. So, look, you got these cops with badges. And they catch people at night, one-on-one, or in groups. And they want to rough you up. And the president had no business saying, making statements like, when you arrest someone, you can rough them up. Remember that stuff? You don't go out and pick a fight. You don't go out and antagonize the public. That's what John the Baptist was speaking of. So this stuff that President Trump had started, I don't know how many fights, with his mouth, he has no filter on his mouth. He's got no. So now, on so his now, mind. so now, let's let let me. So this is what often happens in the conversation, Robert. Let me say this, okay? So you have made an excellent point that we should speak out rightly against it's injustice, injustice yeah. right? But injustice doesn't have a color. And so now what happens is we enter into the discourse, our personal experience. And then what we want to do is we want to take that experience and we want to make it everyone's experience. Now, look, let me say something. This is not to downplay what your experience is. Even Senator Tim Scott stood up and talked about his experiences being followed and the things that he has suffered. So this is not to downplay it. This is not to make anyone a victim. And so, you know, say, oh, you want to be a victim and diminish what they are saying. But what if I told you I have never been harassed by law enforcement ever in my life. I'm 41 years old. I'm a black woman. 
I've never been harassed by law enforcement. Will the Great, never been harassed by law enforcement. We don't teach our sons to be afraid of law enforcement. And what I don't think should be happening is that we should be taking the national myth. Now, this is going to upset people. But this is where we have to take our emotions and set them aside. And, and I want to say this respectfully. And I want to say this with compassion. I want to say this with love for you, Robert, as my brother in Christ, first and foremost. Right. What we cannot do is allow our personal experiences coupled with an angry media that has a vested interest in keeping us in keeping us angry. And keeping us with this myth, it is, a, it is a myth that it's open season on black people. It is a myth, all right? When you look at the numbers and you look at the breakdown, you talk about the kind of encounters that black men have with law enforcement officers, where they lose their lives. It does not match what the media is telling you. It does not match what the media displays. Now, do I believe, now? and because and we've done shows on this, mm-hmm. where we yeah. talk about, public perception of people based on their skin color. Right. And let me tell you something here, because (laughs) you got to follow where this is going to go logically. Right. So it is true that there may be members of law enforcement who perceive black men as a greater threat. Mm -hmm. But do you know that there are studies done that have found that even public school teachers perceive children with darker skin color as more of a threat to their classrooms? Do you know that they have done studies where they have found that teachers responding to situations where there's been a disruptive student automatically assumes that the student that has the darker skin is the problem. And there have been studies where they've asked questions about the psychology of this and why do we see this? But no one's banning teachers. (laughs) No one's saying no more teachers. We're pulling funding from schools. No, we can't afford to do that. But where do we go with what is happening in culture today? Ultimately, what we are descending into is the celebration of a lawless society. When people break the law, you don't abolish the law. Right. You hold them to it when it's a good law. You hold them to it. So we don't say down with law enforcement officers. We say, no, you have a right to serve this community and all communities according to the reaches of your badge and not beyond it. Now, again, I'm not trying to downplay people's personal experiences, but I refuse to take my marching orders from a culture that hates Christ. And so what I'm saying to my brother Robert here is this. It is not open season on this in this country on black men. And if it were open season in this country on black men, you'd have to look at where the numbers are highest. And that would be at the hands of other black men. And we don't want to talk about that. We don't want to. So my question is, have you ever been mugged? And have you ever been stared down by somebody who looks like you? Have you ever been approached aggressively by somebody who looks like you? Have you ever been robbed by somebody who looks like you? Have you ever had somebody who looks like you break into your house? Have you ever been accosted by somebody who looks like you? You see, when we start to ask these questions, then we take it away from the national narrative and we talk about what the bigger issue is. And it's that it's sin. It's sin residing in the heart of evil men. It's not about the badge. Now, look, I have a higher standard for the person who wears the badge. He doesn't get off scot-free. Right. We have rights in this country. That's right. We have liberties in this country. 
I expect law enforcement officers to abide by that, but to say that it's open season on black men is just not true. It's factually inaccurate. The numbers do not support that. And we can't say all cops are bad because I've encountered one. That would be to say all black people are violent because I've encountered one. We're out of time. Until Monday, Lord willing. God bless.